Adam has something he wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. Uh, welcome to part two. There you go. Thanks, Adam. So if you just clicked on this episode and you're hearing welcome to part two, you fucked up and you got to go back and listen to the first one. Danger, Will Robinson. Yes. So, Al, I know when we asked you to be on, um, I kind of asked you what you wanted to talk about and you were really interested in kind of talking about the the differences of tattooing in Minnesota from kind of when you started in the early 90s to now. So, I, I mean, in your eyes, what are the biggest changes? Um, well, I think Minnesota is unique in the fact that we've always had a lot of musicians here. We've always had really good art students here. Uh, MCAD is still one of the best arts colleges in the country that I know of. And seeing some of the people come out of these uh out of art school and basically walk right into tattooing um i think some of the art here is really pretty incredible compared to some places i've seen where you see some of the the art people are doing for tattoos and it's there's a unique style here um i don't know how to even put my finger on it but i think it's you know it's interesting seeing the stuff coming uh, out of here and then you look at stuff from the west coast and you know it's uh there's just different aspect to it i think there's a a more unique there is something unique about the art coming out of here um i don't know how to pin it down but um you know the the history here has been really rich with um some interesting folks. I mean, the first person I know of that uh, came out of art school and started doing tattoos is, um, uh, I can't think of his name, the guy who owns uh, Uptown Tattoo. Um, Nick. Yeah. Nick uh, Scrady? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, not Uptown. Nick is Nick is amazing as well, but uh, I was thinking, sorry, Ink Lab. He's oh, a, uh, he's David uh, Detloff. Detloff, yeah. there you go. Yep. He's the first person I know of that came right out of art school and sat down to do tattoos. And really, he was doing really good stuff back then, and he's still doing really nice stuff now. And he's been really consistent in that progress of his own style. And, you know, there's other people that have blown him out of the water as far as style or detail or, you know, just delicacy of the beautiful work that they do. You know, Nick Scrady's one of those people, and, um, you know, people at Uptown, they, they do beautiful work, too. It's just, uh, that's the first two shops I know of that really, people came out of art school just to do tattoos, and it really shows. I mean, the things they're doing are amazing. Yeah, in my experience, um, there's no middle area with artists like fine artists transitioning to tattooing it's either they can transition very easily otherwise they're just very stubborn and they don't pick it up right away um, it's like they it they fight it you know tooth and nail the whole the whole process long learning uh, I, I like to almost think of it as like some weird savant thing you know I mean uh, you know even he does really beautiful stuff, and he's taught himself how to take a basic tattoo and turn it into what he wants. And um, I think that's 
I some I think some people just have this innate ability to adapt really easy to it, where um, it's not necessarily that easy for some people to just pick it up and go, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely a hard thing going to taking somebody that knows fine art and then adapting, or is it something that just all kind of coalesces and they just, it all meshes. It's like, I can paint, I can draw, I can do this. And, you know, they're magic to me. When when it comes down to it too, tattooing in itself is not an art form. Tattooing is more of a a application process. Um, Yeah. If anything, it's folk art, if you want to put it that way. Well, I, I guess what I mean is, it's art in the fact of creating the designs, but when it comes to the actual application of the tattoo, it's it's a procedure, and yeah. and you have to learn how to do that procedure. And I think once a person can figure that out, then they can start incorporating more of the art side of stuff into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, um, you know, analogies being analogies, it's kind of like working on a car. You know, anybody can change a. Uh, air filter but not everybody can swap the engine you know um, um, it's um, yeah it's it's definitely a learned skill and you know one of the things that um, I've heard for years you know from customers from other tattooers that think they're they're hot shit that oh yeah you know that guy who only does flash work well tell you what after doing 20 years of flash work you take a Sailor Jerry piece and then you take um, a Jack Rudy and Philip Blue piece and see which one you can knock out and make look like that drawing. I can tell you the Jack Rudy piece and Philip Blue is not as clean cut or as forward as it is the other stuff. Um, and learning how to, when I learned to tattoo is basically doing all this flash work. And, you know, you'd get a, a, a really cool piece that you wanted to do and then you're like, get in the middle of it, and you're like, oh, shit, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and then you're like, I have to learn something, and I have to learn it real fast. And you figure it out, you fudge it, you make it work, you do it your way, and you end up with something decent. And then the next piece comes along, and you're like, I learned so much on that last piece, watch me do this one. And it's a really great way to learn because... You may not be able to draw that picture, but if you can copy it and do the mechanical skills like we're just talking, it doesn't matter if you can draw it. You can at least replicate that image. And um, that in itself is hard. You know, it's it's a skill unto itself. It's why, you know, I never claimed to be an artist. I never claimed to have great work. I just claimed to be able to do a good tattoo that somebody's going to like and they're going to go away happy. I don't need anything more than that. I don't need to be a rock star. I don't need to be famous. I just need to keep working and doing good work. For me, doing those those flash tattoos or, you know, someone wanting something off the wall, it, it really hammers in the fundamentals of tattooing. And I think w- once you, you know, know how to whip, whip shade and do all that, then you can take those skills and kind of translate them into other things and expand upon them. So Right. Um, yeah, I, I personally don't like 
the culture nowadays where flash tattoos have like this horrible stigma behind them like i agree like oh you you got a flash tattoo that that's stupid like why don't you go get something custom because you know what you don't always need something fucking custom because when you walk in with that picture off of pinterest how how, how exactly. is that any different than any flash tattoo you've yeah, ever done exists. except for you happen to find it somewhere else right you know and then i have to adapt it or tell you that doesn't work and here's why it doesn't work. I know you just saw it on a picture. Here's why it won't hold up. Here's what it can do for you. And here's how we're going to make it work. So our job is is turned away from just simply doing tattoo work the way we see fit to educating every single person that walks in the door because you have to. Because you have to let them know, I don't want this to turn to garbage. I don't want this to look bad in years. I want this to be... Worth every dollar you paid for it. So, did you find the need to educate customers and clientele more when you um, started in the '90s, or is that kind of like a thing that's been happening more towards like current present time? If that makes any sense. Uh, I think it's more of a current thing. Okay. Back then, I don't think it was so much educating people as, um. I think they were ignorant to what could be done, and it was your job to do it the best way you could. And the biggest argument back then was, but I only want it the size of a dime. I only want it the size of a dime. <laughs> still get that nowadays. <laughs> and, you know, I, I understand you, you want a tattoo, but you don't really want a tattoo. Um, you know, and I've gotten... I think my best saving grace is I took a lot of sales training um, for a job I had. And with all the sales training I had, I can now talk a customer to, into understanding I'm doing the best thing for them because I'm not trying to insult them. I'm just trying to educate them, let them know this is what's going to go on. Here's how it happens. Here's what has to happen to make it look good 20 years from now. And when they understand that, they know that I'm on their side. I'm not just doing this because I want a bigger paycheck. I'm doing this because it's the right way. And so, you know, years ago, they gave me a lot more latitude to just do the tattoo. They didn't care. They just wanted the tattoo. Now it's, well, I want to do this, and I want this, you know... How many times have they come to you with, you know, 30 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, <laughs> and they want it all in this one tattoo? I love it when people walk in and they say basically what they want, and then they say, just whatever you think. I'm just going to go with whatever you come up with. Yeah, the, you know, the, awesome. that's one of the best things, you know, you can do is tell customers, here's how best it works. Bring me ideas of what you like. Show me a style that you like. I like the style of this. I like the color on this. I like the way this one's laid out. That will tell me more about what's in your brain and how that tattoo should look for what you want than just here's an image, do this. Because then I can, I've got a chance to at least come up with some other elements you might like. I can alter it. I can, you know, make it happen the way you want to see it on you. So, you know, that's... Uh, that part is helpful, at least with the TV shows. That part has helped showing people this is what's possible. Right. So, um, you know, for as dumb as those shows are, and as much as it's like being at work only with more attitude, more bullshit, um, 
you know, I think they've helped out the general public that way. Absolutely. I mean, they're definitely a double-edged sword. Um, they've brought in a lot of publicity and a lot of exposure to tattooing, um, which has definitely helped everybody, you know, live a little better off of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, you definitely get a lot of unrealistic expectations, especially when you when you see those shows like Ink Master where in one episode someone's walking out with a whole back piece. Well, yeah. in, in real life, that's... That's 30, 40, 50. I mean, how many hours do you have on your back, Adam? Almost 100. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a lot more work than I think what some people think. Yeah. So People, do, people don't understand, like, you, know, you come in and you ask for a back, back piece. Everything goes as solid as it can, and you can go in once a week for five to eight hours at a time, best case scenario six months seven months most of the time it's a year you know like well, it, back piece it in really a year. depends upon the the person doing it yeah too. I, you know um i can't i can't remember the guy's name I, I used to follow him on online this guy would post up pictures of damn near a half a back piece fully filled in in an afternoon and i was just looking at it what kind of monster is this to you know what machine is he running? Because it's got to be like solid gold and, and turn it up blessed, to eleven, you know. Uh, but he's doing this really crazy, like great Japanese dragons and you know all this really cool stuff. And I'm just like, I got to at least go watch this guy work at some point because I don't know who can move that fast. I mean, I watched Rollo do a full chest eagle on a guy from Amsterdam. I flew in just to get it, and he had a. Uh, he had a back piece that Philip Lou was working on. It was a black Madonna that was half filled in. It was like, you know, being able to walk up to it and go, what the hell magic is this, you know? And it was half done and it still looked amazing. And Rollo did this chest eagle on this kid, wingtip to wingtip, shoulder to shoulder, down to the middle of his, of his sternum, fully filled in, outlined in all. Uh, I think it took him three hours. Holy shit. He was using Sailor Jerry's shader and Sailor Jerry's liner. Both those machines were like, uh, honestly, I think they were blessed. There's, uh, I don't know how, and he, here's the thing. He did them with a seven liner and a seven shader. <laughs> Jesus. Solid black, you know, black and filled in and absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's like, how do you do that? That's that's the day you take your machines out of the drawer and all the planets are aligned and everything. <laughs> fucking, you're just like, yep. And then you take them out the next day and you're like, what the fuck is this? The fucking drawer shines when you open yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. light just comes out. Yeah. Doves fly away. Yeah. Um, I was standing next to Linda. There was one night in the shop. Linda was running late on a tattoo. And, and she was just fighting this tattoo, fighting it, fighting it. And... Rollo's like, give me your machine. Hands her the machine, rips it apart, puts a needle in his shader, went, go. And she's like, what is this? Literally, she stopped and went, why didn't you give me this before? She's like, I don't know how it works so well. She's just like, it just flowed. It just, it was like a magic wand. As you're filling stuff in, it was just as fast as you could go over it. And she's like, I don't know what that machine is made of. It's just incredible. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of coil machines as well versus like a rotary pen, mm-hmm. like what I use. You know, you get. Uh, I recently tattooed the back of Michael's leg to finish it up, and he was like, "You want to tattoo me with some traditional machines?" And I was like, "Fuck." 
fuck. I knew I knew what was going to happen, and it happened. I fucking spoiled myself rotten. And the next day, I'm back on that pen, and I'm just fucking going, God damn it, Michael, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. For one day, you were a man one, again. Yep, one day. <laughs> one day, I got my balls back, and yep. all was well in the universe. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, sometimes it's just how that stuff is put together sometimes is magic. I mean, but there were cast iron frames. There were, um, you know, you know, the ones Jerry used for years and years. And Mike got them and used them for years and years. So I can't even remember. Uh, I used to know who ended up with those machines, but I can't remember anymore. I think it's one of the guys in Chicago has them. They're probably still kicking ass, I'd imagine. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. So how how do you um, back to like current tattoo culture in Minnesota? How do you how do you feel about um, the way people get recommendations nowadays for tattoos, such as like the tattoo exchange on Facebook? Um, I think if they're done right, I think if um. It takes effort on the artist part, but I think, like, I, I've got I've got a, a page that I set up. It's Minnesota uh, Artists and, Tat- and Tattoo Shops, I believe. And I set it up mainly because I want people to be at least be able to have a dialogue with artists and go, I really like what you do, and then have a sidebar to talk about, can you do this for me? Can you, you know, you know how can I interact with you to get a decent tattoo from you? What's this going to cost? That kind of stuff should all be done off off boards. You shouldn't ever, you know, my prices are going to be different than your prices are going to be different from another shop's prices. And you're going to pay what the artist wants to have that done. If you want a cool portrait done by somebody, go see that person that does great portraits and pay them what they want. That's what they, that's their value, that's their worth, that they think that this is worth, pay it. You know, you want a, a solid old school tattoo, go see somebody that does that, pay them what they want. Um, you know, all are valid. All, everybody needs to make a living doing this. And I just don't think it has to be done in public forum. And then you get a price bidding war going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, None of us got in this job to make $5 an hour. And, you know, it's getting close to that where you got shops doing $20, you know, tattoos on a on a regular basis once a month. And, you know, back in the old days, you know, before everybody got nice, somebody would firebomb those stores. They would have, just plain and simple. Stop doing that, you know. Mike told me about... <laughs> Mike told me about uh, Jerry was working at China Seas and some some shop opened up down the block. And if you don't know where China Seas was in Honolulu, it's basically in the red light district. It yep. had been for years and years. It's in Chinatown. Yeah. It's, and, it's, a, it's a seedy area. Yeah. But it's awesome. Um, so this Asian guy opened up the shop down the block from him. And Jerry wasn't real keen on it, but he paid off the mailman. And he went, do me a favor, drop this package off down there. So he boxed up a package of red powder for making ink, about five pounds of it, put a couple small charges in it, and then wrote on the box, special delivery for Sailor Jerry, special red ink, Sailor Jerry only kind of thing all over it. 
mailman delivers it down the block. And Jerry just thought, hmm, I think I should go pay him a visit. Walked in to find the entire place covered in red <laughs> dust everywhere. And he's like, hi, I'm Jerry. I think a package got delivered here for me. <laughs> but, you know, people used to do shit like that. And, you know, you didn't, you didn't open up. A, when we opened up in Shakopee, one of the first things that my sister did is she went over to Don Nolan in St. Paul and went, is it okay if we have a shop in Shakopee? He's like, yeah, just fine. No one close to me. That's fine. And Nolan was nice enough that when I was first learning, he Linda made arrangements. Let's go watch Nolan work for a day. So we went down, and I literally sat behind Don Nolan watching him tattoo. And he would answer questions, and he'd let me watch. And I was like, holy fuck, this guy's amazing. you know. And I hadn't seen anybody work like that before. And... Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, that's important shit. You know, back then you don't cross lines. Your shit would get destroyed, you know, plain and simple. You'd get robbed. You'd get, your store would burn down. As one guy from California I used to know, um, he used to go, bear mace works really well. Throw it oh, in the God. door. You can't enter that place for a week. Oh, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I, yeah, it just seems like nowadays there's there's an influx of people working at a shop. Someone's feelings get hurt, and the next thing you know, the next day their shit's gone and they're opened up right down the street. Yep. And it's it, one it, financially, it baffles me like where these people are coming up with with um, a bankroll to just overnight open up a, a fucking tattoo shop. I know a shop that was opened up that I won't mention that um, was done on insurance fraud. $10,000 uh, piece of jewelry um, ended up missing, and uh, he filed his insurance on it and got the money, opened up the shop. Lo and behold, it showed up soon after the shop was open. <laughs> Not the first time this guy has been arrested for for insurance fraud, by the way, but... Um, but yeah, you know, things like that happen. And, you know, the part about this business that sucks is for me anyway, seeing all the variances that I've seen over the years of people being shady and shifty and, um, that stuff sticks with you. So you're always looking for the other shoe to drop, which sucks. You know, you'd like to be able to go, I trust these guys. Yeah, I, I think the nice thing about social media, especially um, if you have a lot of artists, is you can really tell an artist's character because every month they're at a new shop. Yeah. It's like you, and then some of them, which crack me up even more, leave it posted on their timeline. Like, oh, I yeah. worked at this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop. And it's like, at, at what point does it stop becoming a shop issue and it's just you're a fucking sucky human being? Yeah. And, and it, 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 I don't know. It blows my mind. Yeah. And then, you know, I know a few guys that have hopped shops that are, they're good guys that, um, you know, either they had some personal stuff going on and they moved to another shop or they, they get in with a couple guys and everything's great for a while and then all of a sudden everything falls apart and, uh, or, you know, one thing or another. But, you know, it, it's the one thing that when I bring people in, it's like, don't fuck me over. I'm not going to fuck you over. You know, right. be upfront. Tell me upfront. Be a human being and 
and go, hey, I've got an issue. Can I, you know, have a few days? Yes, have a few days, you know. Uh, it's not like, you know. Uh, I, I mean, maybe you can validate this statement, but to me it seems like back in the day it was big boy rules. You know, y- yeah. you do what you do. Um, you you treat me like a man or woman, and I will treat you like a man or woman. And once the line's been crossed, then we're going to have issues. But it's just like nowadays, that's not there anymore. It, it feels no. like it's a whole different dynamic. No, because um, uh, people, I don't think, are they find it easier to not be forthright. They find it easier to be a little shifty um, or just. Or, or just go, well, it's not my problem. It's their problem, and I'm going to, you know, figure out my way out of this, you know. I, you know, I had a guy, it's a while before, actually, I think Chris had just started working there, and this other guy had just left, and there's a guy there's an apprentice, and he came in, he was there for about half the day, and all of a sudden, I'm like, where the hell did he go? Oh, apparently all his shit walked out the door, too. Like, literally ghosted in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm like, what the hell's that all about, you know? And It's like Minnesota passive-aggressiveness. Yeah. And tattooers. It's going to slowly inch towards the door every, every hour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's just like, you know, I certainly don't miss him. He's worst... Uh, he was horrible at answer phones because, you know, just, you know, pick up the phone in a tattoo shop. Hopefully somebody says something pleasant. Most of the time <laughs> in most shops, it's not very pleasant on the phone. No. This guy would actually pick up the phone and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, really? <laughs> Didn't your mom ever cuff you on the back of the head for that? I mean, my mom sure would have. And my mom wasn't a violent woman. We should plug our phone back in so we can start answering like that. That's a bad idea. (laughs) What do you want? What do you want? 90% of the time it's telemarketer anyway, so. Uh, Our phone rings off the the hook, but, you know, it's people looking to get appointments set up or I would say one in ten is a telemarketer, which, you know, but if if you've got people calling that much to get in. Got to keep your phones open then. Got to have. Yeah. Uh, I got to have two lines. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I know lots of shops that, what, people call on the phone? Yeah, all the time. You know, it's, I don't know, I think our shop runs weird compared to some shops, you know, it's just, it's just a. Uh, we get a lot of, uh, I got my first tattoo there when I was 17, <laughs> and that was back in, you know, another, all right, <laughs> come on in, Edith, it'll be great. Yep. So, you know, in a way, I think our shop is real mom and pop in a way. But, it, it you know, I like that fact. I like the fact that people are comfortable enough to be there. Uh, you know, I like the fact that women feel comfortable walking into the store, you know, because tattoo shops for most women are still intimidating places. And I don't want that, you know. You know, one of the things that I think is really irritating with a lot of shops is, shops that are run by men they don't tend to hire women because they don't they've got this 
I've had friends of mine go, don't hire women. They cry at every little thing and blah, 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 and they're a pain in the ass to manage. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you then? You know, yeah. I mean. Um, Carrie is a handful. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I was just going to say woman hater. <laughs> You know, was and he just mad because he was ugly. That's what it was. <laughs> probably. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's what three or four different shops that are women-only shops now in Minneapolis because, you know, because the attitude that they get from some of the guys, and it's like. I know there's a lot of uh, actually there's a lot of girls that will only go to women-only shops because. Absolutely, yeah. you see it all the time. Yeah, I've I've seen that posted online quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be more and more where it's like, don't if you're a man, don't even contact me about getting a tattoo. Yeah, I just think that's not fair. I mean, it's not it's that's no more fair than saying I'm only going to let a man tattoo me because women are terrible. I mean, that's not fair. You don't know all men. You don't know all women. Well, the problem is, is there's a lot of men that are just dickheads. And there's mm-hmm. well, a none lot of them of, work at our shop, so there you go. And there's a lot of women that that don't want to say Johnny, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, Johnny's there's a lot of women that just have been treated poorly by dudes, and it's like yeah. I get it, but at the same time, you know, um, to just block out, hey, I'm not going to work for a guy because this guy might be a jerk. Well, you're taking that risk with anybody you meet; they might be a jerk. You know, it's just the way it is. Plenty of women that are jerks. I was going to say something, but I was... <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I wasn't thinking me. about you. Oh, I was no. thinking about more people I'm related to. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think sometimes people are afraid to to let somebody know, like, hey, this establishment isn't for me. Like it, it's okay, you know. Every shop is different. Every dynamic is different, and you're not gonna know till you're there whether right. you're yeah. an artist going into a new shop or whether you're a client walking into a new shop. No one's gonna be offended if you say, "Hey, you know this this isn't for me." Right. Um, but I think that's where some people, you know, whether it's an artist who gets into a shop and then they're like, you know, shit in the bed because it's just not right, or a yeah. client who, who goes too far down the rabbit hole and then they're getting tattooed and next thing you know it's a bad experience for them like it's okay to pull the plug at any point but there there's a tactful way to do it as well right you know and it's why you know when i you're the only person i have never given a contract to honestly and essentially the contract that i have she hasn't had one either (laughs) why is that carrie (laughs) Because I'd have to kick her out of the house, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Was it back by the dumpster? Yeah. <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks, Michael. Pay up, Al. <laughs> no, the, you know, the, what I have um, the, the contracts for is just simply, here's a code of conduct. Don't fuck up. And here's how you don't fuck up, you know. And just be upfront with me. Just tell me ahead of time. You want to tattoo a, a friend of yours? You want to do it for free? Well, great. Can we afford to do that right now? Does the shop, should the shop get something for it? Or here, this is my sister. Great, tattoo her for free. You know, you should be doing this for your family. You know, this is this is all fine and good stuff. But, you know, it's simply having the wherewithal to go, hey, don't, don't be a jerk. You know, just um, let me know ahead of time or, you know, those kinds of things. Just be fair, you know. Yeah, it comes down to communication, you know. Just respect each other and talk to each other and 
Give me a hug once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Ass out. Ass <laughs> out hug. <laughs> so I'll give Johnny 20 bucks so he gives you a hug. Oof. That'll never happen. You may need 40 bucks on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, don't hug. So what do you think about all this, Carrie? I mean, you started tattooing, what, a year, half ago, two years? It's been almost three. Yeah, it's been almost three. I mean, what do you think about... You know, listening to Al talk about how shit was when um, he was coming up, and to kind of like I what think it's you changed more than he even knows it's changed, because he doesn't go to any of the local conventions. So me going to the local conventions and then having my expectations dictated by what he has told me to expect, completely different. What's I guess what's one of the biggest things? I didn't encounter any bravado, uh, just a lot of really nice, friendly people. That all come together and have a great time. I mean, it's it's very family like. There's no like, you know, all that shit and I'm moving on. You know, there's there's no there's no disrespect among all the tattooers. You know, the only disrespect you ever feel is from customers sometimes. You know, but um, you know, how much would you charge me for this? Well, the guy over there said he'd do it for forty. You know, so that kind of thing. But yeah, but that I don't know. I just. I haven't experienced anything negative coming from other tattooers. Have you noticed any difference, Adam, in like between local conventions and the ones you've done out of state and overseas? Just over time, I would agree. I think like the first conventions that I went to, there was definitely like a tension or an animosity and there was very little communication, but it almost seems like around, I don't know, around the time the economy crashed, some of the conventions that I was that I was going to out of the state, it was like people started talking more, and I don't know if it if it was because of that or if it's just the natural evolution of things. But I agree now to where it's like you can go to almost any convention, not know one person there, and everybody working there is going to be mm-hmm. extremely fucking cool to you. They're gonna and I can I could stop and be like, you know, wow, that is really great. Now what what is the machine you're using? Do you like it? How long have you been? What kind of needles do you use? And like, they'll I talk to you at, about and it. And they'll tell me everything. Yeah, they'll tell you everything. Offer you want to use a needle? You can here try one. Yep. You know, I mean, it's great. And I, I also agree with the fact that depending upon where you go, if you're not pre-booking appointments for conventions, um, uh, like the the one show that I had told you about where I went to, where it was it was great. There were a lot of people, but it was the most rude fucking people I've ever encountered in my entire life. And it was, it was every other person was trying to beat you down from, you know, say like, Hey, well, you know, can I get this? How much is it going to be around 300 bucks? Will you do it for a buck 50? And it's like, Holy shit. And it was every other person was doing that, you know, versus, versus where that same show I tattooed two different artists. They didn't even fucking ask me how much it was going to cost. Right. They yeah. sat down and just said, here we go. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did last time I went. When I got a, uh, a tattoo, we didn't even talk about yeah. how much it was going to be until it was done. Uh, and I think no matter, you know, whether it's tattooing or anything, when you get a, a convention atmosphere, you're always going to have tire kickers that come in there and try to try to knock you down. And Because yeah. and, it's just, they know someone eventually is going to bite and say, yeah, I'll do that. And you know, whether it's right or wrong, it's just the uh, nature of the beast, unfortunately. Well, yeah. half the time they're asking you for a price on a tattoo that you really just don't even want to do. Right. So mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, whoever said they'd do it for 40 bucks, go. They can so, have it's it. It's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys noticed on, take social media, for instance, the photos that people are taking of their tattoos. Have you guys noticed a change 
over the last Filters. five years. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Pumping up the contrast, Nailing pumping the up the saturation. Yeah. Making them look amazing, you know. Yeah, filters are they're uh, they're useful for your face when you're doing selfies, but keep them out of tattoos because I want to see what this actually looks like, you know. Uh, there's one one thing on Instagram that I've seen that always does it is um, I think it's Japanese tattoos. Yeah, I think it's just a Japanese tattoo thing. It's just nothing but one Japanese tattoo after another. All of them, the blacks are super saturated black, and the colors are just <laughs> amazingly bright. Beautiful tattoos, but it's like, stop with the filter action. Let me actually see what this looks like, because, you know, that doesn't, well, I it know also it gives, really doesn't look that way. Yeah, and your future clientele need to know what a tattoo can actually look like. Yeah, and... So yeah, I, yeah, the filters suck. They're just you know they're a nice tool for for some things, but I know some of the black and gray filters they hurt my eyes. I look yeah. at like two of them because when I, when I I think as an artist you look at tattoos differently, and every time I see them online, I'm always zooming in on everything, mm-hmm. and it's like you zoom in on a couple of them with with them filters, and it's just like holy shit, my eyes hurt, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna leave your page now. So yeah, I mean I. I <sighs> From a marketing standpoint, I get it. You know, you want that uniformity and you want to brand yourself. And so, hey, I'm going to brand myself with this fucking sepia filter or whatever. Um, a lot of times it does more harm than good, though, I think. I, I absolutely agree with that. Because you're like, well, that guy's skin isn't really purple in real life. Right. So. I had to tell Adam to knock that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the purple look. What can I say? Oh, shit. Well, shit, Al, is there Carrie? Al, Carrie, is there anything else you guys want to touch base on? Hmm. Uh, oh, here's one. Hmm. You got to tell me the story about your tattoo name. Oh. oh, there we go. I meant to ask you that in the beginning. And uh. Carrie, too. Carrie is known by Harry Carrie on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if she's not yet, she will be after tonight. Uh, well, the tattoo name is Tat- or Edsel G. Tattooer. Um, I worked with a guy, probably would have been 86 or 87. I was testing alarm systems for Floyd Security and running, literally testing um, sprinkler systems in large buildings. And this guy I worked with, he was easily 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, and if you've ever seen, or if you know who, um, oh man, Peter Ustinoff is, he was in... Okay. Uh, old character actor. Old character actor. He was in, I think he was in the original Time Machine movie. He was in, um, he was in Logan's run as like the character at the end that he's like the old man character that that Logan comes up to and he sees the, the facial hair and he's like, whoa. Anyway, kind of an odd character. Anyway, Ned was the guy I worked for, and he was this huge dude, and he was always coming up with these weird things, and he looked at me one day, and it was in my motorcycle jacket and my punk rock hair, and he's like, you look like a 50s rocker. Your name should be Edsel. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I... Thanks. <laughs> I could think of worse things to be called, so I'll go with that. And then my sister was working in the office, and so... 
he would come in and say, oh, the Gustafsons are here. Why the Gustafsons? I don't know. I think he just liked the name. He thought it was funny. And so that's where the G came from. So um, it's just something I've used for a long time. And whether I'm DJing, it's Edsel G or add the tattoo or not. So there you go. The shit got flung at the wall and it stuck? It stuck. <laughs> and I tell people it's easier it's easier to remember Edsel than Al because... Sure, but they want to call you Ed then. I know. And I keep going, it's not Ed. Is Ed in today? No. <laughs> so the one thing I feel that's that changes, people don't have cool tattoo names like they used to. I feel like back in the day, everyone had a sweet tattoo name. There was a guy who worked at the shop who uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, never became a tattooer, but we called him Baby Hands. (laughs) (laughs) He had the smallest hands ever. I mean, extra small gloves were too big for him. Who tattooed you? Baby Hands. But Baby Hands was just a great name because we'd find him like pink gloves and it'd be too baggy (laughs) on him. (laughs) That's awesome. Did you do your homework, Adam? No, I did not. I asked Adam to come up with a tattoo name because I told him that Al has a tattoo name. Yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna take me a while, I think. It's terrible. Yeah. I got What's nothing. yours then? The jalapeno hammer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm smashing that shit in there. Remember, Chris is the Nordic needle. Oh, that's right. Chris is the Nordic needle. Oh, he, he, he okay. See, you got Harry Carey, Etzel G. The jalapeno hammer. Not the Italian stallion, don't. <laughs> no. I don't want to disgrace Rocky like oh, that, yeah. dude. That's his. That's his. That's not mine. I got to get something else. I'll come up with something. You got till next week, dude. Done deal. Done deal. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to take a poll on Instagram and whatever you <laughs> no. get what you get. Definitely not Instagram. <laughs> We'll put it on the tattoo exchange for you. There then. we go. That's yeah. That's I mean, that's a very level. You know, I mean, you get you get a lot of very level-headed people on there, and yeah, that, that seems to be appropriate. All right, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> next week, D Day. Oh shit! I can't wait. All right. <laughs> you have to get t- uh, t-shirts and stickers and stuff made and Done business deal. cards, of course. Done deal. I'll have I'll have it figured out by then. I think probably not. Cassidy, you better help him. Oh shit. <laughs> Then you're going to get indecisive Adam from her. That's, that's, that's what I think. Yeah, probably. We'll go, we'll go back to Instagram. I think we'll do a boat on there maybe. Okay. Well, shit. Um, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Plug the shop? Plug your Instagrams? Yeah. Um, well, January, I'm waiting to get a confirmation from Kate Hellenbrand. She's probably going to be sitting in at the store doing a guest spot for a week or two. Um, if people don't know who she is, quick synopsis. Oh, Kate Hillenbrand. Also known as Shanghai Kate. Uh, also known as Shanghai Kate, the only woman to be taught by Sailor Jerry to tattoo. She's been tattooing since 1968. Um, she does some really nice uh, old school uh, Sailor Jerry style uh, tattoos. And she uh, was the only woman that opened up uh, well, she worked for Ed Hardy at Tattoo Land in in California, and she worked with um, oh Freddie Negretti. She worked with uh, Jack Rudy. She worked with uh, lots of big shots in the old old tattoo shop back then. And um, she sells Sailor Jerry 
memorabilia stuff. She has, um, she's actually writing a book on kind of, um, I'm waiting to find out when it comes out, but she's uh, writing a book on background stories of uh, like Ed Hardy and Mike Malone and some of the not so nice history that people don't understand that have never heard before of uh, their background. I think she was working on a movie as well, wasn't she? Uh, She's actually in a movie called, uh, I believe it's called... Stu's Grew and Tattooed, I think. Yeah, there's that, and then there's uh, Tattoo Land, uh, the story of Tattoo Land, and she's in that. um, And that really shows a great background of, like, Freddie Negretti and Jack Rudy and all that really fine line uh, Hispanic-style tattooing and... Um, so yeah, she's kind of like, they call her the, the godmother of tattooing, um, but she's just a sweetheart. She does really nice work. Hopefully I'll be able to get a, um, she wants to do a seminar on women in tattooing and the history of women in tattooing. And I, I think if you don't know enough about history, you should definitely show up and, uh, I'll be posting it on our Facebook page and that, which is just crazy lady, uh, on on Facebook and uh, I'll post any details when she's showing up and all that kind of thing there. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know too. We'll, we'll put it out there. Um, yeah. I'd definitely love to come. Uh, do you have a contact number you'd like people to reach you at? Uh, they can just call the shop. It's uh, 952-445-3281. Um, we're right in downtown Shakopee. Um, yeah, it's a nice little town. Food sucks, but, you know, it's a nice little town. <laughs> <laughs> and then do you want to give the shop's Instagram or your Instagram and or both? Uh, yeah, the shop Instagram is just Crazy Lady Inc. on Instagram. You can find all our artists uh, listed right there. For You can find out anybody who works there, what they do, and, and links to all their work. Um, and, you know, the Facebook page is just Crazy Lady Inc. So. You're super friendly, super cool. nice. Carrie? Perfect what, place. What's your Instagram? Carrie Carrots. I know it's supposed to be Harry Carey, but it's Fail. really not yet. Fail oh, Army. We have to change it, I guess. <laughs> By next week. <laughs> yeah. Or Instagram's week, or yeah. Instagram's getting pulled again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for anyone that was interested in anything uh, to do with Shanghai Kate, her uh, website shanghaikates.com. Um, go check it out. She definitely has a lot of cool Sailor Jerry memorabilia. The missus bought me some, so yeah. And uh, if you're interested in buying anything of, like, Sailor Jerry's or Mike Malone's, you can always look up uh, uh, Candy Everett on Instagram. She's got at least two or three different pages because she's got a lot of followers, and she's always posting things up for sale. So Yeah, she's always selling old photos or yep. old stencil rubbings and a lot yep. of cool shit there, too. Yep. A lot of pictures. It's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, you've been around tattooing that long. Shit just collects. Yeah, I got a whole file drawers filled. <laughs> he does. Adam, plug it. Uh, I, I can't remember my Instagram. Weird thing. Ink Taylor. <laughs> uh, send him an email. What is it? Ink Taylor. Ink Taylor tattoos at yahoo.com. Ink Taylor at, on Instagram or inktaylor.com. I'm working on them, people. I'm sorry. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, michaeltejeda.art. Uh, it's T-E-J-E-D-A.art. Um, all my stuff's on there. Contact info's on there. Also, uh, yeah, Minneapolis Tattoo Convention's coming up. Um, January 10th, 11th, and 12th. Yep, yeah, swing on by, say hello. 
we'll be there. We'll have uh, we'll actually have some uh, Laymarca stickers and uh, possibly a couple of T-shirts to give away for people that are listening. Are, are we got seven listeners now? <laughs> Whoa. Seven. Maybe, maybe eight. Maybe eight. <laughs> maybe eight. Well, now that you've interviewed us, there'll be many, many more. There'll be at least ten. More. <laughs> ten. We'll be up to ten. If we're in the double digits, we're doing good. <laughs> Looking now, Ma. Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, We'd love we, to have you back. Yeah, really appreciate it. Definitely. So, yeah. Thanks a lot. It was fun. Yeah, yeah no worries. Um, and on that note, we'll uh, call at the end of part two. And uh, yeah. Part two of episode five? Something like that. We made it, we made yeah. it to five episodes. Yeah. Awesome. Cake and chicken. Awesome. Thank you again, guys. Yeah, thank you.